Welcome to Longmount Church, the Nazarene online. It's good to be with you again. Um, I I record these online messages on Friday evenings, and even as I speak, um, we have rain outside. I know it's something we've been praying for, and uh, it's certainly a blessing. And we're also praying that some of this rain is falling on uh, the many fires that seem to be enveloping our state right now, and giving those who are fighting those fires some assistance and relief. Uh, just, again, a couple of things i like to remind you of. Um, we do have uh, worship together on Sunday mornings. We're still meeting in the parking lot. Uh, that's at 9 o'clock um, on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to bring your lawn chair, um, an umbrella, uh, water bottle, anything that will help keep you comfortable during that time. And the good news is uh, the weather's supposed to be cooling so I know uh, the, many of those who have gathered with us will be looking forward to that. It should be a little more comfortable as far as the, the temperature at that morning hour. And hope if you feel safe and comfortable in do, doing so, you'll feel free to join us as well. also want you to know that we meet at 6.30 on Thursday evenings for prayer. Um, just mention the rain. That's one of the things we've been praying for. But we also have... Uh, uh, a vision larger than that, we're, we're praying for our country, uh, this election cycle, um, the violence and rioting that's been going on. Um, we're praying for our own church and the needs of the church. I would encourage you, if uh, again you feel safe and comfortable in doing so, to join us for that. We meet again in the parking lot on the west side. There's shade at that time of the day, and it's pretty comfortable. Um, would would love to have you uh, join us for prayer. Before uh, before I begin uh, my message, I want to uh, start with a word of prayer. And just a reminder, we are in a series on the Ten Commandments. We'll be looking at the Fourth Commandment in this message. Uh, you'll find that in Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11, if you want to find that place in your Bibles, and we'll be reading that passage um, in just a few moments. But let's have a word of prayer before we begin. Father, we come to you with grateful hearts. The Word tells us we're to be thankful in all circumstances. Lord God, in, in the worst of times, we can always find something to be thankful for because we're blessed in so many ways. And one of the things certainly we're appreciative of, grateful for right now, is the rain that's falling. Um, it's, it's been a while since we've had a good rain. And, and so we're, we're grateful for that blessing. And again, praying that it's falling on those places around our state where there are, are fires right now to help bring those things under control and give some relief to those who are fighting them. We do pray, Lord, for your protection of the men and women who are on the, the fire lines right now. And Father, we thank you as well for your goodness to us in your provision, your protection, your grace, your mercy, your patience. We thank you for Jesus, your son, for his shed blood, for the power of the resurrection for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the truth of your word. And 
I pray, Father, that you will open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us through the Scripture again today. Lord, um, I do want to mention um, the violence, the destruction that's taking place in some of our cities right now. And, and in some places, it's, it's gone on for days and day, months, actually. And properties being destroyed, businesses that people have built and invested their lives in, homes, people have died, people are injured. Lord God, you are a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And we understand who's behind this. We know it's the enemy of our souls. It's the forces of wickedness in high places. Lord God, you're a God of power and might. And we pray, Father, that you'd summon your power against those forces of wickedness that are at work in those great cities in our nation and quell the violence and protect the police officers who are trying to deal with it. And and send those protesters home. And and bring peace back to those communities. And Lord, restoration, we pray, that will eventually happen in those places where such destruction has occurred. Thank you, Father, that we can call on you, that you hear us when we pray. And that even now, Jesus intercedes for us as we pray. Again, we're, we're grateful that we have the opportunity as we are right now to worship together on Sunday mornings, even though it's outside and we have plans to move in as, as the weeks pass. Lord, you're a God who is worthy of worship. You are the only God who is worthy of worship. You are the one and only, and we give you praise. Again, thank you for the truth of Scripture. I pray that you'll bless your word to our hearts. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever um, you ever feel like you don't have time to breathe, to catch your breath? There's so much on your plate, so much that you have to do that you feel overloaded and overwhelmed. It's the state of stress and pressure and exhaustion that I would say a majority of people in our culture live under. Here we are living in an age where we have any number of efficiency tools and time-saving devices available to us, yet we stay so busy that we often do not have time for the things that are most important. Uh, And I, I think we would all agree that this is no way to live. Well, today we're going to take a look at the commandment that tells us to take a break, get some rest, take a day off. And that is the fourth commandment. Again, you'll find that in Exodus chapter 20. We'll be reading verses 8 through 11. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your mate, 
manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Did you notice the fourth commandment is the longest commandment? God had a little more to say about this one, which I think should tell us something. In fact, in this context, he has more to say about taking a day off than he does about murder, committing adultery, and stealing. This is something that God wants us to take seriously. This is a commandment, not a suggestion. And I think that Christians would agree that keeping the other nine commandments is not optional. Why would we think that keeping the fourth commandment is optional? It's a simple formula. Work six, rest one. In Exodus 20, verse 8, the first verse in this really short passage that is this, uh, encompasses this commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. In Deuteronomy, where the Ten Commandments are repeated again in the fifth chapter, and this is the, in the Common English Bible, it says, Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. The English Standard Version says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says, be careful to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. The New Century Version says, keep the Sabbath as a holy day. And again in the NIV, it says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means intermission, to cease, to to desist. The very meaning of the word then I think should tell us something about God's intent in giving us this command. He He tells us the word to remember. Remember the Sabbath. Remember means to bring to mind, to observe, to keep in mind for attention or consideration. Again, other versions say that we're to observe the Sabbath day. Observe means to conform one's action or practice to celebrate or solemnize after a customary or accepted form. So in this commandment, remember is really an action word. It's not merely not forgetting or thinking about, which is what I think sometimes we kind of define remember as, but it's not merely not forgetting or thinking about, but it is to do something because you don't forget. It is to observe, to conform one's action and practice. Let me cite some other verses from Scripture that talk use this word remember. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Now, we don't want God just to think about his mercy and love. When he remembers his love, we want him to extend mercy and love to us. Then it says, 
This again, Psalm 25, 6, this is verse 7 and 7. Do not remember the sins of my youth. Do not remember. Do not take action on the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. Take action now because of your love. For you, Lord, are good. And then in the New Testament, in Galatians 2.10, it says, All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Well, do you think that what Paul means there is that by remembering the poor, we would just kind of have thoughts about them in our head? We would think about the poor. We would not forget they're out there. No. When he talks about remembering the poor, he's talking about doing something to meet the needs of the poor. It's an action word. Remember. And then holy. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy means to be devoted, to be consecrated. The implication here is that which must be withheld from secular or ordinary use and treated with special care as something belonging to God. So, how have we observed the Sabbath? How have you observed the Sabbath? You know, I don't know about you, but in my early years, up to the fourth grade, our Sabbath observance was pretty strict. As a kid, Sunday, frankly, was not my favorite day. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy Sunday school and church. It was all those things that were fit forbidden because it was our Sabbath day that made Sunday a bummer for me. We lived in the South, and the expectations about how you observe the Sabbath, in my family at least, were pretty clear. Basically, you went to church morning and evening and not much of anything else. You couldn't go outside and play. We couldn't watch television. You didn't read the newspaper. So my options were reading the Sunday school paper, taking a nap. My folks took the rest part pretty seriously. And, well, I don't know, not much else. So I would have to say that my family's observance of the Sabbath tended toward legalism, at least in my mind. Well, things have changed a lot since I was a kid. The the pendulum for many, has swung completely in the opposite direction. For many Christians or churchgoers, Sunday isn't really much different than any other day of the week, except that you just might throw in a worship service. Other than that, it's carte blanche. Do whatever you want. Mow the lawn, paint the house, weed the garden, fix the fence, wash the car, do the laundry, clean the house, and the list goes on. Forget the idea of rest. There's too much to do. God says every seventh day we are to take time off. It's important to note that Sabbath keeping is for our benefit. It is for our own good. Jesus said in Mark 2:27:7, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The purpose of Sabbath is to preserve health and to prevent burnout. Every seven days, we need time to recharge physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We need to set aside time for rest, 
recreation, restoration, renewal, and worship. We all need these things. It's the way God made us. And God expects us to make Sabbath a priority. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. How do I do that? How do I keep a day holy anyway? Well, remember our definition of holy? To be devoted, to be consecrated. Again, the implication here is that which must be withheld from secular or ordinary use and treated with special care as something belonging to God. So, the Sabbath day is a day that's to be set apart. It's, it's to be different. God says, I want you to set aside one day a week to do something different than you do the other six days of the week. On the seventh day, you're to have a change of pace. Sabbath is to be unique, reserved, and special. The way to keep the day holy is by using it the way God intended us to use it. And there are at least three biblical objectives for Sabbath. But before we go on to the, those objectives, let, let me say this. Let me insert this. There's a faith component to keeping the Sabbath. To understand that, we need to go back to the book of Leviticus. Now, we know that, that the commandment we read already from the book of Exodus commands us to rest on the seventh day. But God also commanded his people to give the land a rest every seventh year. Every seventh year, they were to take a whole year off. The, the land was to rest for a year. Leviticus 25.4 says, But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Well, probably like we would have asked, the people then said, or God says, this is what you will say. You may ask, this is Leviticus 25, 20, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? Do you know what's happening here? God is testing the faith of his people. They're, they're saying, if we give the land a Sabbath rest, will God really provide for us? Really? Take a whole year off? Every seven years? And you know what the conclusion they came to was? We can't do that. That just won't work. So they did not give the land it's Sabbath rest. Well, there's a price to pay when you choose to ignore or disobey God's commands. In the case of Judah, it was exile, 70 years worth. Now, that number is significant. As already pointed out, God permitted working the land for six years, but commanded rest for the land and the people every seventh year but the people ignored his command. So we see the link between the exile and the sabbatical law in Leviticus 26, 34, and 35. And it says this, Then the land will enjoy its Sabbath years all the time that it lies desolate, and you are in the country of your enemies. 
Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. All the, all the time that it lies desolate, the land will have the rest it did not have during the Sabbath you, Sabbaths you lived in it. The land and the people had, ro- had been robbed of Sabbaths. So God got every one of them back by allowing the land rest during 70 years of exile. Given this example, why do we think we could disobey God's sabbatical law and get away with it? Now, we may not be farmers that need to give the land a rest every seventh year, but God did tell us to give our bodies a rest every seventh day. And to, and to ignore the command has its own consequences. Dr. Dan Spade, a Nazarene physician, has addressed this issue in his book, Time Bomb in the Church. He says, No one escapes the physical consequences of disobeying God's laws. The Jews stole 70 sabbaticals from the land, and God received every one of them back. The same is true concerning the Sabbaths that God created your body to enjoy. If you don't give your body its Sabbaths, your body's own system of checks and balances will take them back. Unfortunately, clergy and laity alike do not pay attention to God's prescribed cycle. A seven-day cycle involving work, worship, and rest protects spiritual and physical health. What I know as a physician is that your body will get its rest. Either you can give your body its Sabbaths, it's time to cease and desist, or your body will take them back. It's back to choice and decision. There is no exception clause allowing overwork without consequences just because you serve God. Just as for the people of Judah, the decision to obey God's command and observe a Sabbath rest is for us an issue of faith. Do we believe that if we obey, God will supply the time and means for us to accomplish those necessary obligations and duties that are part of our lives? Or maybe what we need to do is declutter our schedules by determining what really is necessary. So back to the biblical objectives for the Sabbath. The first, first objective is this, physical renewal. In Psalm 127, verse 2, and this is the New Living Translation, it says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. God gives rest to his loved ones. I hear it all the time, and so do you, and maybe you say it. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm worn out. We know we need rest, but it's not a priority. There is such a thing as stewardship of our bodies. See, we only get one. And you all know what goes into that good stewardship. We know this, proper diet, exercise, and rest. And rest isn't just about sleep, although that's important. Rest is about slowing down, a change of pace. God knows that we need that. 
In fact, God set an example for us in the very beginning. In Genesis, it tells us that for six days God created, then on the seventh day he rested. Was God exhausted? No. God doesn't get tired. He's almighty. He didn't fall into bed after creating and take a nice long snooze. In fact, the scripture tells us that God does not sleep. So, why did God rest on the seventh day? Well, he was setting an example. He was modeling an important principle for us. Every seven days, we need a rest. See, part of creation was us. And since he is the original designer and manufacturer, he knows what is required to keep us functioning well. We are not built to run nonstop. Something has to give. And we either take the day of rest that God has commanded us to take, or something will break. It could be your health. It could be your marriage, your family, your ministry. We need time to renew, recharge, and refresh. You know, we've been fed this idea that we get more done by pushing harder. But that isn't necessarily the case. If we push too long and too hard, pretty soon we won't be able to push at all. We are to rest our body on the Sabbath. Have you ever made a decision to take a break, a day of rest, and then throughout, then thought about all that wasn't getting done and felt guilty about it? Well, you should never feel guilty for doing what God commands. Jesus said in Mark 6.31, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, to the disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus took time to rest and relax and never felt guilty about it. He took time off. You know, there was still work to do. There were hungry hungry people to feed, sickness to heal, people waiting to hear him teach. But Jesus chose to intentionally stop and rest. So if God took a day off after creation and Jesus took time to rest, even though he was only here for a short while, why would we think that it might be optional for us? God doesn't care about your to-do list. He cares about you. That's why he said, every seventh day, do no work. Take a day off. Honor the Sabbath principle. The second objective of the Sabbath is emotional renewal. And again, here's something you've probably heard and may may have said yourself. My tank's empty. I don't have any more to give. And that usually refers to being emotionally spent. But the scripture tells us in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. We need quiet time. We need downtime. This can mean a place where there are no distractions. Maybe where it's only the sounds of nature and nothing else. 
When we pastored in Eastern, Eastern Oregon, there was a family in our church who had a ranch that I was allowed to hunt on. There was one big hill that towered over the rest of the property, and I would walk to the top of that hill and sit down. And when I did, I'd be looking to the north, and I could see all the country clear to the Columbia River and beyond into Washington State. And usually the only sounds were the wind and maybe a chucker or a meadowlark or even a coyote. It was my quiet place. And even as I think about it, I miss it. I would talk to God, and he would talk to me. The quiet and solitude were restorative. I needed that. Sometimes I wasn't hunting anymore. I was just enjoying the way that place recharged my emotional batteries. See, we live in a world that's polluted with noise. It's difficult, it can be difficult to find a place to be totally quiet. Yet, the Bible says in quietness you will find strength, emotional renewal. And don't be afraid to have fun. Do you have activities that energize you? You know, there are certain things in life that we just think are fun, just plain fun. We find enjoyment in those activities, and what's great about them is they're usually emotionally renewing. When we engage in those hobbies or pastimes or recreations, the things that occupy our minds are set aside. Many of you know that Julie and I like to ride our Can-Am Spider. And living where we do, there's some great riding right in our own neighborhood. And when we're on the bike, I'm not thinking about how to do church in a pandemic or what I'm going to preach on Sunday or how much the remodel will cost or how I'm going to fix the dishwasher at home that's leaking. I'm focused on the road and the scenery that we're driving through. It's emotionally renewing. So what fuels you? For some, it might be gardening. For others, that's work and probably not a Sabbath activity. Reading a book, working with wood, fishing, walking, hiking, quilting, playing games. Find time for fun. And if you have doubts about whether your enjoyable activity is something you should do on the Sabbath, ask God. It's his day. Lord, how can I honor you on this day? How can I take this day and give you glory, reverence, and praise so that at the end of the day, I can say it was your day and that I remembered to keep it holy? Emotional renewal. The third objective of the Sabbath is spiritual renewal. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. And the, and the shepherd's psalm, the 23rd psalm, tells us that he restores our souls. Sabbath is a day to worship. It is a day to restore our soul. It is a day to make sure that our focus is on God. It's a time to realign our heart with the heart of God. 
You know, cars need tune-ups and oil changes. Maintenance is required on machines. And people are no different. Our body, our mind, and our spirit need to be recalibrated every seven days. We need to be realigned, refocused, and recalibrated. And that's what worship does. The Bible commands New Testament Christians not to, to forsake the assembling of themselves together. In fact, it says, as the day of Christ's return approaches, we need to engage in that activity all the more so that we can encourage one another. That passage is talking about coming together for worship. And for most of us, the day for Sabbath and worship is the first day of the week, Sunday. And worship needs to be a priority for us. Think about excuses we make for missing worship that would never make uh, that we would never make for missing work. Excuses we make for missing worship that we would never make for missing work. Things like, "Well, I didn't come because we had company," or "We were up late last night and we were too tired to come." Or, I've been awful busy lately, so I decided to stay home and watch the game. Now, a boss probably wouldn't buy any of those reasons for missing work, and you have to wonder if God would buy those reasons either. Sabbath provides the opportunity to step back, slow down, and look to God. It's a time to tune into God, to to listen to Him, to regain proper perspective on life, to rebalance, to recalibrate our lives and make sure our focus is on our Heavenly Father. We all need that, and it is a healthy practice. See, Sabbath should really be a priority in the life of a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. Every seven days, you need rest. You need to recharge and you need to refocus your life. This is about living life God's way. And when you do, you benefit physically, emotionally, spiritually, and in probably a lot of other ways as well. We are spiritual beings. And so often we feel drained in our spirits. It needs to be refilled with God's presence, God's power, and God's love. We need to increase our awareness of his presence in our lives. And Sabbath worship, or for us, Lord's Day worship, will help us do that. We need to be reminded that there's a lot more to life than just work and play. Folks, this is a commandment that we need to take seriously. This is an investment that will pay rich and lasting dividends. In today's 24-7 world, Sabbath-keeping is countercultural. It doesn't happen just by accident. You have to do it on purpose. You have to plan for it. You have to make it a priority. And you'll have to keep fighting for it. Otherwise, you'll drift right back into complacency on a commandment that God expects us to take seriously. But you know what? We can do it with God's help.
Amen? Let's pray. Father, I'm not sure why. I, I, I've probably been in this mindset myself at times. We, For some reason, we've got into this thinking that you can kind of give us a pass on this commandment. And I know that there's old covenant and new covenant, and a lot of people you know, say, well, that old stuff doesn't count anymore. But Jesus didn't... Jesus didn't say he just came to fulfill the law. He, he came to take it to a deeper level. And that applies to all the commandments. You know, and, and so, Lord God, help us to grasp the fact that if the, if the fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and Jesus took the commandments to an even deeper level than Lord God, this is something that we need to take seriously. And help us to examine our lives. You know, this, this has to be a priority. We do have to make a determination to remember the Sabbath. That's an action word to keep it holy. It is the Lord's day. And Father, we know there, there are... Forces rallied against us to keep us from honoring the Sabbath. It's like taking God's name in vain. It's proof that there is a tempter, that Satan is out there. Who, more than Satan, would like to hear God's name profaned? And, and so to, who, more than Satan, would like to see us just make the Sabbath another day? No longer honor it. No longer keep it as holy. So God, impress upon us the importance of Sabbath and Sabbath rest. To understand that in Sabbath there is physical renewal, emotional renewal, and spiritual renewal. We need it. We're built for that. Lord God, you set the example yourself. Jesus set an example for us. Help us to determine in our hearts to follow that example in our lives. Because it was, if it was important and even essential to you, it certainly should be to us. So my prayer is that we would examine our hearts. And Lord, if we've made excuses or somehow made this commandment less than others, I pray that your Holy Spirit would correct us on that and give us a new, new determination to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. And I pray these things in Jesus' name and for his honor and glory. Amen. Well, thank you again for being with us. May God bless your week with his grace and peace.